morning, y'all. Man, it is so good to be here this morning. Uh, we had a great break. Uh, Beth and the kids and I went to Gulf Shores. It's the first time I've ever been to the beach and not worn any sunscreen, but it was, it was good. Um, it was a lot of fun. We had a good time, restful week. But we're pumped to be back here uh, to get this party started called the Bridge Church. Uh, so I, I hope you're pumped about it too. I need to say thank you to some people from last week that, that helped make that happen. Kim Dillard brought the message. If you didn't listen uh, to what, if you weren't here for what Kim had to say last week, I would encourage you to pull it up on our podcast, off our website. Listen to that very powerful uh, story that she shared last week. It blessed me, challenged me. Also, the Dowds did a lot of work to make last week happen with the breakfast. A, a lot of other people brought some breakfast food in, uh, made last week happen. Thank you very much uh, for, for doing all that. One thing that Kim said last week at the end of, of her speaking time was that she was excited to be a part of this church. And she couldn't think of another group of people she would rather lock arms with than the people of the bridge. And I feel the exact same way. I'm pumped to be a part of this group. I'm pumped to follow Jesus, even if we're stumbling in our following. I'm pumped to follow Jesus with the people in this room. Um, so I'm, I'm stoked. If this morning is the first time that you have encountered the Bridge Church, um, want you to know that you belong. That's, that's our starting place is for you just to belong. Um, doesn't matter what you look like, doesn't matter what your background is, you belong with us. We're, we're messed up folks. Uh, we follow Jesus, but like I said, we stumble in our following. We're, we're dependent on him a lot of times just to put us in a wheelchair and roll us along in our following. Uh, we, we barely can make it sometimes. We're so far from perfect that, that we don't even like to say that we're not perfect because that would bring perfection into the conversation, and we're just not even that close. So if you are broken, if you are messed up, you should fit right in. You should feel welcome, and you should belonging, belong. But there's one thing that we do ask is that you join us in helping set the stage for the belonging of other people. We want to ask you to come alongside us and help set the stage for those who don't know about King Jesus, who is so, so, so good. The Lord Jesus may have found you humming kumbaya while you were reading the book of Leviticus, but he didn't find me there. He found me um, right in the middle of my racism, and he, joined, he held my hand and he walked me through that. He found me in all my self-righteousness and he put me on his back and he, and he helped me through that. He found me in, in depression, wallowing in my depression and he, he, he grabbed me and he rescued me from that. So the, the Lord Jesus may have found you in a place of perfection, but that's not where he found me. He found me amongst a lot of brokenness. And he helped me out. 
So when we say we want you to help us set the stage for the belonging of other people, these are people that are found in their brokenness, but Jesus can find them in their brokenness. He's searching for them in their brokenness. He may not be searching for them in their church. He may be searching for them in their broken home. So we want to, we want to ask you to help us set the stage for them to belong so they can encounter him among his people. Next week is our official launch service. Y'all, I'm sorry. I'm, I've got some sinus stuff going on, some Arkansas stuff going on. You know, you go to the beach and everything's clear, and then you come here and you get messed up again. But I'm, I'm working through that, so you have to bear with me this morning. Next week is our official launch service, and, and that means um, that everything's going to look a lot the same that it does this morning. We're not going to come get on a spaceship and launch. Um, that was kind of corny, but anyway, um, hang in there with me. We're, we're going to come in here, we're going to worship Jesus. What that means is we're going public. Uh, for the first few weeks that we've been meeting, we, we're, we're, we were trying to kind of find ourselves for what Sunday morning was going to look like. Um, a lot of set up and tear down each week, a lot of work goes into that. We didn't know how all that was going to look. We wanted our nursery to be presentable. It is now. Uh, so that's what that launch service means. We're going public. We feel comfortable with, with inviting our community to what we do on Sunday mornings now. That's kind of what that launch service means. There's a group of people from Spokane, Washington, coming down to help us launch, uh, which is kind of cool. We're excited about that. You need to know that these people aren't really church people. They're rough around the edges, just like a lot of us are. Um, they're, they're not what you would call church people here, but they are Jesus people. And they're taking steps and they're following him and they're living on mission and they're coming down here to help us launch this church. And I'm pumped for them and I'm pumped for us. You don't, you don't need to feel any pressure from that, but if you can set aside a, few, uh, a time where you can get to know some of these guys and gals while they're here, I would encourage you to do that. There's different times when you can. Hook me up, ask me about it later. And I'll tell you when you can join us to, to be a part of that team. Before we launch, I want us to look at a passage of Scripture from Mark chapter 4. Mark 4. In Mark chapter 4, the whole passage, the whole chapter, Jesus talks about what his kingdom is like. And he uses parables. If you remember me sharing with you what parables were, kids, a few weeks ago, they're, they're stories that aren't true, but they point to spiritual truths. So Jesus helps us with these parables uh, to help us understand something that we cannot understand. The, the title of the message this morning is The Kingdom not the bridge, not us. One of the things I'm most excited about with the bridge is, is I don't think we're here for the bridge, but we're here for his kingdom. We're not here to build the bridge. We're here to exalt Jesus Christ, who is king over his kingdom. We're not here to make the bridge famous. We're here to make Jesus famous. We're not here to keep the doors open because we don't even have doors. We use somebody else's. 
We're not here about the bridge. The bridge is here to fling open the doors to the kingdom. I hope that's why you're here. We're not here for our own personal agendas. We're here to fling open the doors to the kingdom for everybody in our community to enter in. So this morning, I want to bring us to the same page around these stories of of Jesus uh, where he talks about his kingdom and and he teaches us about his kingdom. And I want us to look at, at three dangers from three different stories. We're going to read a story. I'm going to point out a danger, give you an application or two, and move to the next story. He tells three stories at the end of Mark chapter 4 that I I want us to see some dangers from and then I want us to apply it before we launch next week. Because y'all, let me tell you something. When, when, when When we got called to plant the Bridge Church, we weren't here to plant cool church in town. We're here to fling open the doors of the kingdom and we've got to get on and stay on the same page with that. We cannot leave that. This is about Jesus' kingdom. It's not about us. We got to start there and we got to stay there. Mark chapter 4. We'll start in verse 21. He also said to them, Is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed? Isn't it to be put on a lampstand? For there is nothing hidden that will not be revealed and nothing concealed that will not be brought to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him listen. And he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. By the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And more will be added to you. For whoever has, more will be given to you. And whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Stop right there for just a minute. This is a common sense story. Jesus is saying nobody brings a lamp into a room and and turns the light on and then covers it up with a basket. Or nobody brings a lamp into the room and turns it on and shoves it under a bed. That would defeat the purpose of the lamp. That's common sense. Everybody gets that. Nobody would do that. That would be silly. Just leave the lamp outside the room. But there's something that you need to see in this passage, something that you need to know about what Jesus is, is communicating here. And it's in verse 21 when he says, is a lamp brought in. And, and that phrase right there, the literal translation is comes the lamp. Comes the lamp. And he's talking about himself. If you remember a few weeks ago, we talked about how, how Jesus was the sent one of God. And, and he, he kept on talking about in the book of John how he was sent from God. Well, he's referring to that again. And, and in this passage, he's saying, I am brought into the world. The, the God of the universe has brought me into the world. And he's saying, I am the lamp that lights up the world. I'm the lamp. So for people like the Bridge Church, we're, we're not the lamp, right? We're only an obscure table to set the lamp on. We're a non-distracting table 
maybe even a covered up table for the lamp to shine beautifully on in the presence of this world. We're not the lamp. He's the lamp. The danger of of us not understanding this is is we can become something that builds a barrier around the light instead of reveals it. Let me tell you something, y'all. There are times in Scripture when Jesus, in his word, says, I don't like your worship. I don't like your worship? There, There are times when Jesus says, I don't like your gatherings. He doesn't like our gatherings? I mean, how can God say, I don't like your worship? And, and, but he does. And he's saying there's times where you can gather together and you can sing your songs. But let me tell you something. What, your attitudes are covering up the true light. You're not revealing it. In the kingdom, when we're living for the kingdom, we're, our job is to set aside everything around us so the light can be revealed, and his name is Jesus Christ. There's two reasons why this is so important. One's in verse 22. Let's read verse 22 again. I want you to see this. For there is nothing hidden that will not be revealed and nothing concealed that will not be brought to light. I've heard people talk about this verse like saying one day all of our sins are going to be revealed. And that's, that's probably right. I mean, I, I agree with that. One day everything is going to be brought to light. But you have to remember, who is the lamp? Jesus. So I think what he's saying there is, is right now I'm, a, I, I'm, I'm revealed in the world. We can see Jesus at work around us. But there's some shade cast on the light. There's some distraction on who I am. But one day, my friend, one day Jesus is going to step back into this world. And who we thought he was may not be 100% accurate because he's going to be revealed in all of his glory. And everybody in Wynn, Arkansas is going to look at him and say, oh my when the lamp steps back onto the scene, everybody will say, oh my. The the problem with this, though, is on the last day, it'll be too late. On, On the last day, when Jesus when the lamp steps back in with all of his glory and everybody says, oh my, it'll be too late. Number two, there's another reason why this this danger is so important. Verse 25. For whoever has, more will be given to him and whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. I think sometimes our Christian lives are boring and, and miserable 
Because we, we hear the Bible and we hear the Bible and we hear the Bible and we hear about Jesus and we hear about Jesus and we hear about Jesus and we go to another Bible study and three more Bible studies and we hear 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 and, we hear and Jesus never becomes real in who we are. Jesus never makes his way into our daily life at our workspace. Jesus, Jesus never infiltrates every part of our being. He's, he's over here on Sunday mornings. He, this is Jesus' little spot over here on Sunday mornings one hour a week. And when we live like that, when Jesus is only found one hour a week on Sunday mornings in our lives, he tends to step out of that situation. It may be fun for a little bit, but, but he tends to kind of back off a little bit because he's not, he's not intended to be Lord for one hour a week. He's intended to be Lord every second, every millisecond of every day. So, so the first problem with this is, is an urgency to, to reach our community with the gospel before the lamp steps back into this world and it's too late and then they say, oh, wow. But the second thing is about us. Because we don't want Jesus to step away from us. We don't want him to take what we have. Huge deal. We cannot build a wall around the light. We have to be sure we're we're constantly revealing the light. The application is to fight to keep Jesus' agenda primary in your life and in the life of the bridge. This is a battle. You have to fight to keep Jesus' agenda primary. There are a million good things that churches can do. There's a million of them. But we have to keep, we have to fight to keep Jesus' agenda the thing that we do. When other people are seeing the agenda of, when other churches are seeing the agenda of Jesus go forward, the bridge should be their biggest cheerleader. We're going to clap, praise the Lord, go forward, friends. When, when the things that we're doing are not furthering his agenda, we don't need to be so in love with them that we can't change them. We have to fight the things in our hearts that cling to things that are not his agenda because we're not about the bridge and we're not about us. We are about his kingdom. Fight, friends. Fight for his agenda. Let's see his kingdom go forth. Verse 26. The kingdom of God is like this. I, I love Jesus in the way he introduces parables because you can tell he's not saying, what's the kingdom of God like? It's like, how can I make the kingdom of God where these people can catch a glimpse of it? He's, he's trying to, to put it on our level. The kingdom of God is like this, he said. A man scatters seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day. The seed sprouts and grows, although he doesn't know how. The soil produces a crop by itself, first the blade, then the head, and then the full grain on the head. As soon as the crop is ready, he sends forth the sickle, because the harvest 
has come. I love it when Jesus, every time Jesus uses a farming parable, I love it because I get it. Um, that's really who I am. I'm a better farmer than I am a preacher. Praise the Lord. Um, but I get what he's talking about. I mean, I get the helplessness of farming, that you put the seed out there, and there's a level of it that you just can't do anything about. You drop the seed, you do your best, but sometimes, even though you do your very best, it doesn't turn out like you thought it should. And I've experienced that. I've seen it happen on our farm a lot, to be honest with you. Um... This is a positive story. This is a story that Jesus tells, and it's like the farmer puts the seed out there, and he's just watching it in amazement. The blade comes up, then the head, and then the seed on the head, and it's a finished crop. And it's showing that, that all the farmer has, to, his, his only responsibility is to drop the seed in the ground, and he's helpless with everything else. I'm going to take a little freedom with this story. Um... And I can, because in in Mark chapter 4, Jesus told a story that did not have all positive results. In the first story he told in Mark chapter 4, only one out of the four souls received the seed and sprouted the seed. And this one, the the seed sprouts and the farmer watches. The danger here... The danger is we can get frustrated when we don't see the results we want. I I love that the Lord has called the bridge to go after the farthest people from Jesus. I love that. That's who I want to go after. I want to find the brother that don't talk right. I want to find the brother that don't smoke right. I want to find the brother that don't drink right. And I I want to give them Jesus and watch him change their life. I'm tickled about that. I'm pumped about that. But when the Lord has called you to reach the people that are farthest from him, you need to know that there's going to be times it don't work out. There's going to be times where you plant the seed and you you plant the seed and you plant the seed and you plant the seed and you never see fruit from your planting and it gets frustrating. There's going to be times where you plant the seed and you back up and you see a little fruit and then all of a sudden that sucker gone. You don't know where he went. In kingdom work, it can be frustrating when you're opening the doors for people who are far from Jesus. But I want to encourage you, do not get frustrated. Keep sowing the seed liberally in our, in our community. Keep telling people about Jesus. Keep sowing the seed of kindness. Keep sowing the seed of the truth. Keep sowing the seed of grace in our community. Don't get frustrated. It's worth it. It's worth it. A couple applications. Application number one is open up to Jesus with your frustrations. He can take it. Listen, y'all, for the longest time, I thought I had to go to the Lord in prayer and put on my holy face when Jesus knew everything about me anyway. He knew I was busting up into prayer at his throne with all my frustrations and all my ugly, and I was saying, oh, God, please, thank you for all you do. Man, you don't have to do that with Jesus. 
With Jesus, you can go to him and you can say, God, I don't know why this is happening. I've put all this work in, into this relationship with this person. I'm trying to fling open the kingdom for him and I'm not seeing any results. Why is this happening? You can be real with Jesus just like you can be real at the bridge. You don't have to put on a front. He can take it. He can take it. Second, find a trustworthy friend you can vent to. That's healthy for me. I'm not, I'm not trying to open the door for gossip for you. I'm not trying to open the door for, for beating somebody up behind their back. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm, I, but find a faithful friend that you can go to and you can, you can say, Listen, Beth, I'm frustrated right now. I've, I've shared the gospel. I've poured into these people live, had them over to my house. Um, and now I can't eat. They won't answer a text. They won't answer a call. Find a trustworthy friend that will listen to you and will hear you and not judge you and pray with you and walk with you through it. Don't let frustration hinder the further, furthering of the kingdom and win. We can't get frustrated. This, this story is a positive story. Uh, before we move on, be a trustworthy friend. You hear me? Be somebody that somebody can talk to, man, without you going and diarrhea of the mouth out in the community. Be somebody that somebody can talk to, and it stops there. That was a good one, wasn't it? Oh, I love the bridge. Um, That was a positive story. It's connected to the next story. Let's read it. And he said, verse 30, and he said, with what can we compare the kingdom of God or what parable can we use to describe it? It's like a mustard seed that when sown upon the soil is the smallest of all the seeds on the ground. And when sown, it comes up and grows taller than all the garden plants and produces large branches so that the birds of the sky can nest in its shade. Jesus is like, man, what, what can I, how can I help these people understand the, the power of the kingdom? And he talks about this mustard seed that was the most, the smallest seed that those people could imagine was a mustard seed. And he says, it's like when you throw it on the ground and, and, It produces a plant that's totally disproportionate to the size of the seed. Man, you you throw this tiny seed on the ground and it it makes this enormous plant that's totally disproportionate to the size of the seed you sowed. It makes a plant big enough that the birds of the air can come and hang out in its branches. That's what the kingdom of God's like. This is what I'm excited about. Listen to me, y'all. I know a lot of people look at Wynn, Arkansas and the Delta and they say, man, it's small, it's tiny. There's not a lot of influence there. Um, When you think about the Delta, you don't think about big city. You don't think about influence. You don't think about, uh, man, let's let's move to the Delta. Nobody really says that. I hope that, I hope we get to move to the Delta. You know, that's not really a thing that's in most conversations. But let me tell you something. I think... I am convinced that the Lord Jesus is planning something here that's going to be totally disproportionate 
to who we are in the Delta. I think he's going to plant something here that's going to become large. And I think it's going to cause people to say, what? In the Delta? The kingdom of God is blowing up in the Delta? And when? I'm convinced that's about to happen. I think you have front row seats to what's about to happen. I'm pumped about it. I am so jacked up about it. I think it's going to mess some folks up. Here's the danger in this, though. If Jesus takes the bridge church and other churches in the Delta and he he plants something like a mustard seed and it, it blows up, into something that's totally disproportionate. I, th- I think the birds in that passage, and I can back this up with scripture, I'm not going to do it right now, but I think the birds in that passage are the nations. I, I think they, they represent the nations coming to the word of God, coming to the kingdom of God through the seed that's planted. I can, you can come meet with me if you need to, but I, I can back it up with scripture. I think that's the nations. What if something grows out of the delta that the nations are impacted by? around the world. If Jesus does something like here, the danger is that we can take credit for what we didn't produce. You know what I mean? If the Lord does something that's totally disproportionate to who we are, we can look and we say, you know what? Our, our, uh, our strategy If other churches didn't like us, you know, our strategy, we we caused that big old plant to grow that's impacting the nations. No. No, we didn't do that. The Lord Jesus causes the plant to grow. We're obedient to him. And I think there are some things we can do to be sure that he's posted in the right spot and his light's shining in the right spot. But we don't make things happen happen disproportionate to who we are. Jesus does that. The application of this is to humbly cast all your worship onto Jesus constantly. Whatever pride wells up in you, whatever, whenever you see the Lord do something and there's a a bit of you that wants to put your fingerprint on, I did, jerk it back and crucify it. You didn't do that. You messed up. You're broken. You are a broken vessel that Jesus is using to accomplish his purposes. Friends, when we start putting our fingerprints on things that the Lord has done, he can take his hand off. And I don't want to be where Jesus' hand ain't. I want to be where his fingerprints are smudging every inch of what we're doing. So so for us to come on the same page and, and be aboard this kingdom journey that he has the bridge on, every one of us has to be sure that our hands are off of the things he's doing. And we're not trying to take credit. 
Humility is like a magnet for the presence of God. But pride polarizes it. Get your hands off what Jesus wants to do. This morning, I want to take the time um, to talk to you a, a second before we sing a couple more songs. And, and the thing I want to communicate to you is what is what you may be thinking, what on earth is Jesus is oh my goodness, what on earth is Dustin? Mm. Trying to speak through Dustin. That's what I was going for. <laughs> Bathe that, baptize that goof. Um, what is Dustin talking about with this whole kingdom thing? Let me tell you something. Um, a lot of the people in this room are following um, this Galilean that was born 2,000 years ago named Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that he lived a, a perfect life. And in a few weeks, we're going to celebrate something called Easter where, where, where we're talking about a time where, where he died on the cross to take away our sin because we don't have that relationship with God that we need. But if we put our faith in what he did on the cross and the power of his resurrection, he removes our sin and, and, and he restores that relationship with God. That's the kingdom talk I'm talking about. This morning, if, 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 if you've never come to a place in your life where you've realized that you are a desperate, broken sinner, and you've never asked for forgiveness of those sins, and you've never turned from those sins and, and put your faith in Jesus Christ, you can do that today. And you can start living for a kingdom that's out of this world. And a lot of fun. When we sing a few song, a couple more songs, if if you want to come find me, I'll be standing over here. And and listen, I, this is nothing to be ashamed of. Uh, anybody that is right with God in this room has come to a place where they realize they were a sinner and put their faith in Jesus. And if they have not, they are not right with God. So this is not an embarrassing thing that I feel like everybody needs to close their eyes for. This is something you can walk out in public and say, I need Jesus. And put all your faith in him. And if you need to do that this morning, it's worthy of doing it in public. I'll be standing over here and you can just step out, ask the person next to you to move, get out of your way and and come over here and talk to me. And they will. Maybe ask them to come with you. We'll come pray over here, and you can invite Jesus into your life today, and you can live for a kingdom that's out of this world. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you so much that I get to be a part of a church like this. Um, Father, we're not, we're not a perfect table to set you on. Sometimes we might be an ugly table. A lot of times we might be an ugly table, but sometimes... Uh, maybe that maybe we need to be ugly so you shine brighter. Father, when, when things happen for your kingdom around us, we, we just sit in awe. We we know we didn't do that. Father, we we you go ahead and forgive us for the times that, that we may be looking at something you did and try to put our stamp on it. Like we did something. Will you go ahead and forgive us of those times? Because I know, I, I know we might experience some of that.
but I pray you would grant redemption when we do. Father, I pray for somebody in this room that that may not have ever experienced your forgiveness. God, I pray that I pray that they would this morning. I pray they wouldn't feel alone in that. But I, I pray that they would experience you in that and that you would save them. Bring freedom in the, in the final minutes of our time together. In Jesus' name, amen.